Okay, welcome to Defen episode number 33 and today we have a um, uh, guest from Switzerland. CTO of uh, Exoscale, Mr. Okay, I'm going to pronounce your name and then uh, only once in the show. Uh, Pierre Eves Richard. Yeah, that's quite Is close. That right? yeah. <laughs> but say it's, it's I think it's a bit tough usually uh, for a uh, uh, English speakers uh, to say so. Pierre is I fine. I think in French they say uh, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, it comes down to two syllables in French almost. <laughs> so, how do you say your name? And my last name is Richard. Richard. Oh, okay. Anyway, so I think that that's the last time I'm going to try this thing. Um, Welcome to the show. Um, so first of all, maybe a quick introduction. I think uh, you guys see, know each other already. Maybe it's good to introduce yourself, uh, Pierre. Yeah, well, I'm Jai Vajal and um, I'm currently CTO and co-founder of a, a small cloud hosting, cloud hosting company in, in Switzerland. Uh, in the past, I've uh, worked with Clojure on, uh, in different companies uh, and uh, been mostly doing um, things related to, to development and uh, and operations of uh, large systems for quite a while, yeah. and that's about it. Yeah, and we worked together yeah. on my first uh, like proper closure job, and uh, you gave me the you were foolish enough to give me the opportunity to ruin <laughs> to ruin your code base, you know. Uh, <laughs> which uh, this is your performance review. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we needed, in, in every company, it's nice to have someone to blame uh, all your problems on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Anything yeah. breaks you, you can always say, <laughs> you can always say, oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. So every time you open some code, it- with anybody else, you just say, oh, this is race court. This is shitty. That guy. I know yeah. it's got my name on it, but he told me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he knows enough Git to, you know, rewrite the history. So. <laughs> yeah, but that was really good. I mean, it was really good to uh, to work on with Exoscale. I think um, yeah, it, was a, it, was, it was really good fun. Um, and I think you guys are doing, you know, fantastic stuff with, uh, with Clojure, which we're obviously we're going to talk a lot about. Um, during the course of this conversation, but um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about more about um, uh, what Exoscale is, Pierre-Yves. Yeah, um, well, Exoscale is a company that uh, primarily focuses on uh, infrastructure uh, right now, so not exactly the type of company uh, you'd expect to find a, a closure at, um, especially since a lot of hosting companies come uh, much more from the data center business. Um, and, mm-hmm. and we focus quite a bit on software. So um, uh, what we try to do is uh, uh, to build uh, uh, an infrastructure as a service that's really business-centric and, and that uh, gives our customers, especially customers building uh, applications, uh, building software as a service businesses, um, the, the kind of tools they need to be, to be efficient. So that's our nation. The, the hill we're ready to die on is... Uh, uh, helping people uh, building software as a service uh, correctly. Right, excellent. Okay. But to be a bit more concrete, I, I suppose that's a bit vague. To be more concrete, what what we offer people are uh, uh, 
virtual machines, uh, uh, object storage, uh, which is SP compatible, uh, and, um, uh, and network, and on top of that, uh, additional services that make uh, the lives of people building SaaS easier. What, what kind of things are there? I mean, are you talking about things like billing and stuff like that? Or, um, you know, what, what, what other things or security? What kind of things do the SaaS people really want? Yeah, uh, what, what we're uh, currently rolling out is a number of things uh, with regard to billing, with regard to um, um, uh, handling uh, transactional emails, uh, watching over a, a sales funnel, um, things that you're going to need to build uh, as, a, as a company that uh, steps into the software as a service uh, spectrum. Um, yeah, I think in terms of, I mean, for most infrastructure as a service providers, um, things with with regards to security are pretty much a given. You know, that's hmm. that's the bar that you have to to pass to uh, be in the game, and then how how you specialize is uh, uh, is what's left. Okay. So where is where is closure coming into this picture? Because usually, you know, system level stuff or what? what I mean, what kind of stack do you build? Uh, which part is is built by Exascale? Because uh, there, there are things from you know procuring the hardware all the way up till uh, providing the front end everything. So all these parts, uh, basically, we we build hardware. Uh, we we I mean, yeah, we we have custom uh, design chassis uh, that we that are built for us and, and that we deploy to our data centers. We have people that operate our uh, BGP AS uh, to ensure that uh, our IP, IP space is correctly announced. Uh, and we go all the way down to you know building uh, <clears throat> the, the JavaScript and soon ClojureScript uh, interface that, uh, that people interact with um, from the web. So that's, it, it's, it's a bit wide ranging. Uh, but uh, that's the, the the one thing we would we don't do is um, build actual data centers, uh, the square meters, uh, power mm -hmm. and cooling. We we rent. So why closure then? I mean, how 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 did you come to closure? Um, because this seems like an odd choice to do, you know, because especially systems level stuff and everything is done by Go or some other. Well, we things. we started in. 2012 building all of this so back then go wasn't uh, um, a huge option uh, in that space uh, but what um, I mean this isn't the first company I use closure so definitely uh, uh, I might have had something to do with it uh, uh, but I did use closure for similar things in, uh, in, in past companies and the, the way I, I, I got to it was uh, realizing somewhere in 2006, 2007, that there was not going to be a way around uh, the, the JVM ecosystem. Uh, back then, especially in the ops world, um, the, the space was mostly uh, Java resistance. Uh, and it started shifting. I mean, for me, the, the first the, the first times where uh, I saw compelling uh, JVM projects was around the time Elasticsearch really became a thing. Uh, I guess 2008, something like this. And at this point, we 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 needed to interact with uh, 
the JVM in the in the company I was at, and we tried out Scala, we tried out uh, uh, Erlang, uh, which also uh, you know was was a bit up and coming, especially coming from teams who mostly dealt with Ruby and Python back at the time. Mm. And we tried out Clojure, and so Erlang didn't work out because the, of the the bad compatibility with the, the JVM ecosystem. Um, Scala ended up quite frightening for for the team, especially in in terms of output and in terms of uh, how would I say inconsistency of code between uh, two people. Uh, hmm. And and at that time it was a mostly Ruby centric uh, team uh, I was running, and it really clicked uh, with plenty of uh, of people, and uh, ended up being a quite a natural transition. Uh, and it sort of stuck. And then I. Uh, I, I used it quite quite a bit in the next company, and so it was a natural fit for um, for some parts of Exascale. We don't build all of Exascale in in Clojure, um, but it, it does fit uh, in its niche, uh, and, and it ends up being the the, the most widely used uh, language. But we don't use it at every uh, level of the stack. Hmm. Do you do do you do? Okay. Um, is it just Clojure, or is it also Clojure Script as well now, Pierre? So right now we use Clojure Script uh, mostly for internal tooling, uh, like our internal interfaces, uh, not the, the 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 single page application that we present to users. Uh, but we're switching uh, to that, you know, uh, but at our own slow pace because we yeah, it's it's a big project uh, that was hmm. built before uh, Clojure Script was even an option really. Uh, but our, the ecosystem has matured quite a bit, uh, and to manage the complexity we now have in the, in that application, we uh, we are starting that project. What is it currently written in? Um, JavaScript. Uh, it was initially Angular, uh, uh, then some uh, React snuck in, and now it's a huge uh, Frankenstein of an application that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. bit, Maybe we don't talk about it too much. Then. Okay. A bit hard to move around, but <laughs> well, it's. I mean, the ideas that were used uh, uh, in the current app were uh, inspired by uh, what we saw in the Clojure script world, but you know, just a, a full-on uh, rewrite wasn't possible at that moment. Sure, sure. Well, you have to justify it as well. What is the, because I know you said you're kind of uh, um, S3 compliant. I know that from from our history. But um, what is the what is the story in terms of like cloud hosting in general? Um, are you able to, like, how do you compare yourself with, with like Amazon or are you comparing yourself with other like ISPs? Where 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 do you where's the kind of market niche for uh, for Exoscale? Well, um, definitely in terms of, um, I, I think the easiest comparison that can be made, uh, as far as we're concerned, is DigitalOcean. Uh, right. Uh, okay. We we go a few steps further in some areas, uh, but that that would be the most obvious comparison uh, because. Um, uh, DigitalOcean focuses a lot on the web de web developers, uh, people who want to publish yeah. uh, web pages, uh, and and they they recognize uh, that uh, you know web hosting today is a bit more complicated than it used to be. Um, uh, you can't just uh, 
uh, set up some FTP uh, and for people to, to use a mutualized uh, PHP MySQL server, uh, like the one and ones and the OVH of this world would. Um, but they really still focus on that, you know, most, most of the time single developer crowd. Um, uh, you know, even though, of course, eventually uh, they'll, uh, they'll try to, to cater to a, a wider crowd. Um, yeah. I mean, Exoscale came out of um, um, my history and, and uh, Antoine, my, my co-founder's history. Uh, I was stepping out of three companies where uh, we always had to make a choice between, on one hand, AWS, which was super expensive and, and, and provided very, very slow I.O. at the time. Uh, and on the other mm -hmm. side of the spectrum, uh, dedicated server hosting, uh, which, uh, well, sure enough, were uh, much less expensive, uh, uh, but also um, brought a lot of problems uh, with them. You know, on this really cheap, dedicated host, you have to set up a lot of things uh, by hand. Uh, your neighbor is most likely someone, uh, you know, uh, using a botnet or, I mean, the, the, <laughs> and, and the quality of service, you know, is what it is. Um, yeah. I also, and, and most people building software as a service also don't need as many um, services uh, as AWS uh, offers. Um, you're fine with having local storage because your application is itself uh, distributed and most likely uh, uh, horizontally scalable. It's probably mm. uh, fault tolerant uh, at an application level that, that allows the provider to make a few compromises that uh, uh, to make the, the whole thing more efficient. Um, you know, it also probably stems from the fact that uh, I'm very modest uh, and I thought, you know, this, this is going to be an easy thing. Uh, <laughs> and and here, here we are five years into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you've got some pretty good names on your customer list now, haven't you? Yeah. Um, I mean, one, the, the, a lot of whom we can't talk about uh, because... Uh, uh, okay, uh, I'll be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but CERN is definitely one of the, uh, the ones we're, yeah. uh, we're most proud about, especially when, when you consider the size of the infrastructure, the fact that it would reach out, reach out to us uh, was, uh, yeah, a uh, nice moment. Uh, and I, yeah, very good. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we we put more of those names on the list uh, in the near future. <laughs> or we twist. Those. But what is the size of your technical team? Uh, we're fifteen people today. We're we're trying to to get to twenty five uh, as soon as possible. Uh, uh, yeah, which includes hiring a lot of closure people. So uh, if <laughs> ah. uh, there. We we have quite a few spots up in that uh, in that domain as well, but yes, uh, fifteen people mostly focused on uh, so and I would say uh, almost a half and half split between people who are focusing a little bit more on uh, operational maintenance and uh, and people who focus more on uh, uh, pushing the product forward. And that's yeah, okay. that's about. Yeah, the other thing I was just going to say, a bit more lighthearted really, was uh, when I visited you guys in, in Switzerland, um, I noticed that half of the company seemed to skateboard to work. Uh, <laughs> because you, cause the, the, cause your, the station is on a hill and then you're further down, so you could just, you could all kind of skate down. Yeah. And that seems like, 
you know, I, I, I think it's super cool, you know, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think on a normal day, uh, I, I don't think on a normal day anyone um, uh, rides a car to work. Uh, <laughs> I, the, when, when the tough winter, uh, you know, uh, kicks in, sometimes uh, we diverge a little bit from our good habits, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, and doesn't doesn't someone have like one of these skateboards which can go up the hill as well? Um, no, Antoine, Antoine has, a as well, so. has a scooter, an um, electric scooter. Yeah. Uh, ah, yeah. Okay. Which yeah. can which can ride up your. Because yeah. yeah, they're steep hills in Switzerland, you know. <laughs> Especially in Lausanne. <laughs> Lausanne is a coastal city, yeah, in a way. Yeah. It just drops down into the into the lake. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. <laughs> But we, we, we do have, um, I mean, we, we never hired for this, but uh, there's a good, uh, a good mix of people who like having something to do on the weekend uh, that's not necessarily uh, computer related uh, on the team. <laughs> and that's quite, uh, yeah, that's quite nice, nice. To, to be able to yeah, do something that we like, but also, uh, you know, keep... <laughs> Not leave the the Silicon Valley dream of uh, doing <laughs> nothing but work. So you're not you're not you're not typing Emacs while skateboarding then. No, you know, no, that's that I don't do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because <laughs> we're coming on to VJ's perfect question soon, I guess. Yeah. Of course. So Emacs or something else? Ah, well, I mean, uh, I never really considered there was you know, anything but one editor. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, I'm of course, I think this seems like a best, best company to work for. <laughs> for That's for, pretty much for everything. A, a short period of time. Um, um, all of our network equipments, uh, config management, uh, uh, was mostly done for me, Max. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's been wow. used in, uh, uh, yes. And, and, and actually the, the, the first iteration of, um, the company's, uh, internal documentation was, uh, all, uh, org mode with a clever, uh, <laughs> Jenkins script that would, <laughs> I mean, it, anyway, it was a bit too Emacs centric at the beginning. Uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> Okay, this this sounds like you know perfect um, you know uh, company to work for uh, in Switzerland. Everybody goes by skateboards, and everything is at Emacs, so org mode or Emacs. So <laughs> this is this is the best. Uh, it, wow. It's much more diverse now in terms of editors. Um, there's there's the we have some some Emacsers, um, uh, a few people in VI, and uh, I think still uh, uh, someone who's joining the IntelliJ resistance. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> I think that they'll they'll the soon be converted. I yeah. think you know. That's a I new this, hope. <laughs> this is what you're talking about about the weekend thing, right? I mean, the people who don't use Emacs in the weekend, you train them to use Emacs, and then from Monday they're back on Emacs again. <laughs> that they must be. There is no other editor. But, but oh, well. so I was wondering, um, you know, you. Uh, if you see the, all the all the cloud stuff these days, uh, people are going. You know, the, the serverless is the latest uh, buzzword. So, what what are your thoughts on this one? Because more and more, you know, application development is becoming like making smaller services, and um, Amazon, like people providing all the smaller components, the infrastructure, everything is just provided by them. 
so what is your opinion on serverless uh, stuff? I view serverless as uh, another iteration of a platform as a service. We we went down that route with Exascale. We integrated a platform as a service that was Heroku compliant uh, back in 2014. Uh, and yeah, 2014 through 2016. Um, and we, I mean, at that time we, we did, we had, we knew people at uh, dot cloud, um, uh, and, mm -hmm. and by proxy, some people at Heroku, which, uh, we, we talked with as well. And, uh, and we, which is why we decided to, to partner, to, to bring pass on Exoscale because they were saying that, uh, something which turned out to be true for us as well. Um, that it was becoming commoditized, um, uh, that, you know, uh, there, there was something, uh, there would be a point where uh, something that would be a bit like pass would uh, be available for any platform, uh, which turned out to be true. Uh, but also that most people who use uh, these types of projects tend to either use them to play around, like for, you know, really, really as a test bed, mm -hmm. Um, and when they when they become big enough, they transfer back to infrastructure. Um, I see serverless a little bit in the same spectrum. I think there are niches where uh, that won't be true for serverless. Uh, I think typically in the IoT in the IoT mm -hmm. sensor handling stuff, um, uh, this sort of uh, co procedure uh, that run on uh, inbound events make a lot of sense. Uh, there has to be uh, an answer in that space and that won't necessarily be commoditized. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing I'm worried of, um, I mean, as an application developer and not as a, a, a provider, when looking at developing with serverless is that uh, uh, I remember the days of uh, people being a little bit too enthusiastic about uh, uh, MySQL uh, stored procedures, uh, for instance, uh, mm -hmm. and and you run that risk of completely being, uh, uh, I mean, you lose a lot of visibility uh, uh, when running code in in that fashion, yeah. and and the amount of tooling that you need to get back mm -hmm. to the the same amount of visibility that you have with uh, uh, standard code is yeah is substantial. So uh, I I don't see it as a fit for. Mm -hmm. uh, for every purpose right now. Uh, and I also think that some st stacks, especially yeah. on top of Kubernetes, will end up being somewhat commoditized as well and uh, available for yeah. many providers. Yeah, I mean, that that's what I'm, that's what I'm, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's what I'm seeing in AWS as well, right? I mean, there are, there are these Lambda functions that they, uh, that they um, uh, kind of advertise as serverless. <clears throat> for uh, connecting smaller pieces or ETL, you know, if you don't need a lot of um, uh, processing power or if you don't need long-running uh, things, uh, then you can connect them with step function, uh, th these kind of things that they project for. But they're also coming up with the EKS, like the elastic Kubernetes uh, service and uh, running the Docker stuff. Yeah. So and I think for some of the use cases in my mind, it makes sense to use the step functions when, when there is this uh, very low... Uh, need for um, I don't know high memory usage or something, um, but as you said, maybe traditional applica traditional <laughs> applications uh, probably they don't uh, they don't need this kind of stuff. Yeah. And but what are your what are your plans for the cloud? And, and I think that as soon as you start like pushing too much, the the, the amount of locking that you end up in is, is is quite substantial. But definitely, as you say, like for 
um, reacting mm. on events uh, that would happen on a bucket, for instance, like on an object storage bucket or, or um, on when receiving a, a, an IoT sensor, having a way to um, to provision small workloads would definitely be uh, be valid. In, in the infrastructure yeah. space, I mean, like every company, we're also moving towards uh, having as soon as possible uh, a hosted uh, Kubernetes option. That's still something that's in the works for us uh, mm -hmm. and won't see the light of day uh, for the first part of this year. But uh, that, that's that's clearly something that I think will help um, um, relieve relieve this uh, fear of lock-in for many customers. We 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 see a lot of customers wanting to go toward wanting to to go towards uh, uh, higher order abstractions for infrastructure, but uh, uh, be very afraid of the, yeah. the potential locking that they they would find themselves uh, into. Mm -hmm. Because AWS and Azure and and Google tend to throw a hundred k at you when you start the, the company, but when the the, the free credit runs out uh, and and you bet everything on Lambda, then things get a yeah. bit more complicated. <laughs> yeah, and you, and there's a lot of nonsense yeah, talked about moving from Google to Azure and from Azure to AWS and from AWS to other places. And people are a bit like I think people are a bit like when they choose a bank or a database. They don't move, you know. It's like yeah. it's, you're in there for life, yeah. you know. It's very rare that people migrate from one of these things to another thing, you know. Yes. Um, so they they know that they know that they can give away 10k, 100k, and it's it's the lifetime of that company is they're going to get it back in spades. Yeah. Okay. Can we move on to closure now, though? Can we do? <laughs> <laughs> we, I don't know how far yes. we're into this. You know, probably like half an hour in. <laughs> This is great stuff, yeah. but uh, I think, we're, we're, yeah, we're half an hour in, so we, just about time to, to we'll cut all we this for a bit some out. We'll closure. just call the first bit out, yeah, and we'll just talk about closure. <laughs> so what, I know I know that, um, you know, you're using closure for um, some of the API-driven stuff that you're doing, but kind of, you know, can you give us like um, a, a bigger like picture of where you're using closure at, at Exoscale and, and kind of like why you chose closure for those specific pieces? Um, well, at Exoscale, we started out not, I mean, I stepped out of a company where I used uh, Clojure for everything. Uh, I, 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 pre I previously worked for Paperly, mm -hmm. and at Paperly, everything was written in Clojure, uh, mm. basically. Um, Exoscale is a bit different in the sense that, you know, um, it's, at the beginning, we didn't use Clojure that much. Uh, uh, because it didn't make sense, really. Uh, and the first thing that made sense was the billing. Uh, and, and, and billing initially at Exoscale was quite simple. Uh, it was uh, a simple batch process that would put in uh, usage records and do, but it was still, you know, this really uh, canonical uh, data manipulation uh, thing where mm. you had this first space where you would pull, then you had like, nicely formed uh, uh, map data and, and, and you had to transform it to produce uh, an output, which, um, and it was also I mean, the, 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 the first thing, kind of cool use case, but also the, you know, serious enough that we wanted that thing not to produce bad results <laughs> since that's what, you know, the paid our salaries. So uh, we, uh, we, we had to, to make sure it was uh, uh, good code. Um, and then from then on, uh, I mean, 
fortunately, early enough, we uh, we ended up, ended up having an issue with uh, with it being a batch uh, process, and it needed to move to a more of a, a stream processing approach. Um, uh, and so a collection of uh, little stream processors. Um, um, yeah, we started a collection of uh, small stream processors with the uh, Kafka that still work closer uh, here, uh, especially back at the time, uh, Kafka being very tightly bound to the JVM uh, closure was, mm -hmm. you know, the obvious choice, um, uh, at least for us. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then, and then it moved on. Uh, uh, 2014, I think we we started working on uh, Pythos, uh, uh, our first implementation of uh, uh, an S3 compatible object store that we built internally, uh, and again uh, was built completely in Clojure, um, and a lot of internal tooling. Uh, basically, now our approach is to say that anything that happens at the orchestration level, so. So anything, if you, if you look at, uh, you know, our, our standard workload is having an uh, orchestration piece um, that talks to agents that maybe run on hypervisors, that maybe run on storage nodes or, or whatever, and, and to have the orchestration layer built in closure uh, and to try and, and uh, factorize as much as we can from uh, from project to project, so that's that's the niche. So we end up building quite a few demons. Uh, I mean, the the, the thing we do, we do most most often in in Clojure is build demons. And looking at the library ecosystem out there, I think uh, our key difference is that we um, we deal with uh, uh, non JSON data quite a bit. Uh, we, mm. we we write RPC clients yeah. for. Uh, for protocols that uh, need to have streaming data packed in binary, and 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 so we had to integrate with uh, Netty uh, quite a lot, uh, and to work with uh, uh, byte buffers quite a lot, which is which isn't something that you find a lot of support for uh, in the uh, uh, in the culture ecosystem. Uh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a total pleasure to work with those bike buffers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but from the from the look of the problem, isn't Erlang more suited for this kind of stuff? Or what kind of challenges did you face in you know using Clojure compared to language like Erlang? Because they, they have like a really nice uh, you know process to process stuff and binary support uh, in Erlang, as far as I know on, on OT. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that it would have been a great fit. I mean, that part could have been a great fit. Um, um, but we also tied with a lot of uh, uh, very good libraries that run on the JVM, and that's it. Uh, you know, if you look, we we use Cassandra extensively. Mm -hmm. If you're going to target Cassandra, uh, it's it's hard to to interact with it. I mean, it, it's much easier now. But when we started, there, there was basically no choice. Kafka was the same, uh, and these things uh, we. We would have much more. Uh, we would have had much more trouble sourcing uh, in the Ireland world. So it, yes, it was a give and take situation. I'm also the the whole agent thing. I'm 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 not a huge uh, fan of uh, the uh, unbounded unbounded queues mm -hmm. on on mailboxes um, um, can produce uh, situations which are a bit uh, hard to cope with uh, in the Ireland world. We um, 
I mean, and I talked about and I talked about a situation that's way back in in 2007 or something. Um, uh, RabbitMQ uh, yeah. was a bit hard to, um, yeah, to keep in check in production uh, for this specific reason uh, back a while ago. Uh, so there, there's a whole uh, gymnastic uh, that you have to go through when when programming in Erlang that uh, we didn't have the the skill for. Um, uh, I mean, so yeah, we we assembled around Clojure with uh, its uh, uh, you know its advantages, but uh, its drawbacks as well. Especially for the the process to process stuff, for sure, life's a bit more difficult uh, when you want to implement. Um, um, I would say non um, non blocking code. Uh, it's a bit tougher than it would be in the Erlang world, for sure. Yeah. And how does the, because one of the things that people complain about closure is the performance. So did, did you find any uh, roadblocks in terms of performance of closure? What kind of techniques did you use? Or um, no, not at all. Anything um, on that one? I, that being said, uh, we don't do a lot of uh, huge CPU bounding in closure. Uh, as I was saying, there's a lot of uh, shuffling data mm -hmm. around. Um, the storage components mm -hmm. we use are mostly, um, um, yes, are mostly not written in Clojure. Um, so it's um, it's not something we run into that much. I think we, we have this attitude of relying on as few libraries as possible uh, and um, avoiding, mm -hmm. except for core async, avoiding uh, libraries that, that do code the... Uh, uh, traversal uh, and rewrites uh, uh, what you do. So no, we're really definitely not in performance. Is not uh, where we're uh, uh, taking a hit when we're taking a hit with closure. But I'm guessing what you're saying there, Pierre, as well, is that according to you, with the asynchronous workloads and the process stuff, the core async is at the core. To, to kind of phrase of what you're doing is that is that true? Are you relying very heavily on like the core async abstractions? Yes, I, we. It's still a constant uh, worry of mine if we took the <laughs> the right road, but uh, we we sort of bet the farm on core async uh, in uh, in uh, in a few places indeed, mm. um, and and right now it's it's quite evident that core async. Uh, as much more following in the uh, closure script world than in the closure world, um, uh, and we we run into quite a few oddities in the in the internals of uh, of core async. So, you know, the the work has now paid off. We're now confident about uh, you know being able to uh, twist core async in doing what we wanted to do, uh, but it's it's been a long road. Uh, I'd say. Um. So, I mean, that's, I mean, obviously, having that library has been good. But what what specifically have been some of the like then some of the negatives or some of the things that you've bumped into that that have been a bit rough edges um, in general or well, around core thinking specifically. There, there are a few things about the the semantics of the the API that aren't. Um, super well articulated in documentation uh, and that uh, you're likely to, especially with regards to, to the behavior of, uh, of children. When you've only got five lines per method, you can't really articulate everything, Pierre. <laughs> Come on, be fair. 
<laughs> Sorry, that's a, that's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's a, there are things we found out the, the, the hard way about the, the actual semantics of, uh, uh, of the API. And, uh, and when you want either to change the semantics or to figure out what's going on, it takes a while to, <laughs> to dive into core async's code and, and, and to understand what exactly is going on. Um, it's not the project that has that gets the the, the most attention from uh, uh, from its maintainer, um, and um, and so sometimes uh, you know we sort of feel like that uh, that person with the, the the person is sack overflow that uh, where there's just the question and <laughs> and, and no answer. <laughs> Won't somebody help me out here? And uh, <laughs> that, that's sort of what the closures uh, gyra feels to me. <laughs> yeah. Most of, most, yeah, we'll, we'll most get of there. The time. <laughs> I think that's a nice segue into into that one now, because we we were I think before the show um, you were mentioning that uh, you had a pull request open or a patch open on uh, was it the reducers transducers thing? Uh, this was open somewhere in. Uh, I don't know, three, four years yeah, ago actually, now? I actually, I actually had a, a, a ticket on core.cache that was closed, uh, I think, last week that I opened back in 2013. Oh, uh, oh no, 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 in, 20, in wow. 2011. I mean, something completely... <laughs> um, yeah. The cache was finally invalidated. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, at that point, I wasn't, you know, it's like, that, that's I one way up. to fix it. So it's, it's nice of you, but <laughs> it's, it's literally least recently used, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but you, you, I mean, I think what's interesting about you is you, you've tried to make contributions to, to closure, which is really uh, impressive, I think. And how have you found that process? Uh, I mean, here it's, it was quite simple. Um, I mean, to be fair, I'm, I'm especially with core. Uh, the core of Clojure for me is works out fine. I, I would I would be wary of uh, starting substantial work uh, and submitting it and submitting it because having seen you know the uh, exercises in the past from uh, other com um, contributors, it's uh, you know the chances of your work being dismissed and reappearing a bit later. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> in in a different form um, is is a bit too high in my opinion. Uh, mm. I mean that being said, the the, the patch I proposed uh, the the path to it was um, uh, we're using transducers quite a bit, uh, uh, which you know uh, for us are a very key uh, component allow us to do uh, quite a few elegant things uh, in terms of uh, testing. Um, and one of the functions in core didn't have an IT that allowed you to create a transducer and the, um, the patch I submitted was mm. uh, to you know make a transducer out of the uh, the lower RT. It went back and forth a bit. I think it's now in uh, in in shape to be to be pulled in uh, but it hasn't for 1.9 because it wasn't on the, the priority list which is something that's I mean, I completely understand. Uh, it's uh, sure, sure. for for now. It's in our code, and uh, it's actually in one of. Them. But whenever they they put it in, they put it in, they put it in. It's yeah. 
but you you will have a you will have a different perspective towards closure right because especially you are you're betting a lot on closure uh, running your entire uh, infrastructure your company it's much more because people people say hey you know closure is a beautiful language the, all the developers want to use it so that's a different kind of um complaint if if i as a developer i can complain hey you know the 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 process is different or the documentation is lacking but as a company the the risk is higher uh if if you if you see any of these um problems with closure I mean, uh so what do you think about that one yes i mean that's 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 a topic i think though that um i i don't think closure itself is at risk you know let's say that mm. Uh, mm. the the language i mean let's say that cognitive cognitive goes bust or you know hcd finds a new hobby Uh, because if yeah. that if that happens, the yeah. closure led by Cognitech will die, uh, because hmm. uh, there yeah. there doesn't seem to be uh, strong enough uh, uh, characters next to Hitch to you know pick up the work uh, to, to yeah, yeah. Uh, to carry the plate afterwards. So I think what would happen um, uh, if that were the case, uh, I think a few companies would, uh, would step up to the plate. Uh, would certainly try to be uh, a part of the effort. I'm sure Juxt would, uh, because we were seeing much more um, mm. uh, adoption in Europe. I mean, from from where mm. I'm looking at, um, anyway. Uh, so I, I'm sure people would step up to uh, to the work and try to. So surely, uh, if that were to happen, uh, uh, we'd probably find ourselves in, uh, you know, uh, risk averse police managing the patch. You know, in the yes. <laughs> workers cooperative. Yeah, it, it would probably be something like Debian, where you know uh, everything gets argued to death and nothing ever yeah. moves, but at least the language would be maintained. And for sure, yeah, yeah. we would get yeah. we wouldn't get a new spec or a new transducers uh, every year like uh, <laughs> like we do today. So uh, so I hope it doesn't happen. Mm. We'll keep him going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I hope it doesn't happen. But I think there would be a contingency plan. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, I think there was a recently one thread on on Reddit closure or subreddit. You know how old is Richie? Oh, and there was a discussion around it. And <laughs> well, I mean, everybody was like, "Oh, he must be around a four thousand years old with his wisdom." <laughs> and <laughs> he's a time lord. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Doctor Who stuff as well. <laughs> but but this is this this is an interesting discussion because you know if you if you think about it, uh, there there are um, uh, movements like. Uh, closure is together you know trying to support uh, different libraries and, and those things um i think it would be nice more and more members contribute to that one uh, because that's that's um mean all said and done i mean richiki uh, if one person is leading the effort i mean there, there should be some torchbearer so to speak at some point i mean he 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 wants to retire i would assume he wants to stop yeah or or he gets or he gets bored because i mean you know sometimes you <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. He gets bored and starts yeah, writing yeah. a database. I mean, oh, he did yeah. that already. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, don't you think that, like, I mean, if you yeah. remember, um, like, Node.js, you know, the original author of Node.js burnt out and then handed it over to some other guy. Now there's been, like, you know, three or four leaders of that project. So, you know, in theory, there could be, you know, someone from the current Cognitech crew or someone from the community could step forward and, yeah. you know, pick up the gauntlet. 
But yeah. it would be it would be definitely. I mean, obviously, these are big shoes to fill, you know. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's possible, but I think there's enough adoption in the in the outside world now to to make that a reality. Exactly. It's not, no one's going to just think, oh yeah, fine, forget it. You know, there's enough people out in the community yeah. who know the line, and it's open source. So, like you say, it'll probably be re- maintained if nothing else. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, one yeah. one of the things that's one of the things that irritates every everyone that um, uses closure at one point, but is actually an opportunity, is the the lack of a, a blessing for uh, you know an extended standard library. Um, Hmm. Uh, and I think I, I mean I just hmm. stumbled onto uh, uh, closures together, and I think such efforts are uh, uh, yeah re- really need to be made, and 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 more likely to 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 actually support closures together quite soon because uh, sure enough, Cognitech doesn't want to own that space. Cognitech doesn't want to tell you you know if you want to uh, do an HTTP request, that's what you should use. Uh, but there should still be. Uh, an answer yes. to uh, what that process should look like, uh, because otherwise, mm-hmm. and and you know, bringing in because since we're hiring a lot of closure people, we we mostly bring people who haven't used closure before, uh, and and it's tough for them to just step into um, a language where uh, I mean, if you compare that to to Python or uh, even uh, uh, Golang, uh, where. Yeah. You know, there is a single point uh, of documentation where you're gonna figure out. Uh, what, what basic? How to do basic tasks, and um, and and that's hard in closure hmm. because you're presented with a, a variety of uh, uh, you know sometimes half yeah um, efforts that uh, that were that didn't completely go through. Uh, some of them I'm responsible for, so I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking my part of the blame here. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, so that yeah, uh, I do agree that we we are past the critical mass already. So yes, yeah. Uh, what closurist uh, together are doing is is uh, is really amazing. Um, anyway, so um, of course, I mean it's not all uh, doom and gloom. So um, so you're you're planning to uh, hire a lot of closure guys, or or at least um, you know tr- tr- trying to think of training uh, closure people. Um, so how how do you how do you see the market like and and then what 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 do you think of you know uh, what kind of skills or how much time people will take to uh, acquire closure skills? Well, first of all, in terms of the the market, we I see a lot more of a reaction from the the closure script um, uh, community, which surprised mm. me. Uh, that wasn't my uh, mm. um, okay, but. Clearly, uh, there's a lot of steam in that area, uh, and and we're gonna have less mm. less trouble hiring people. Uh, I think the fact that we write demons uh, uh, that sometimes deal with uh, system level stuff um, uh, makes our hiring journey a little bit harder. Um, it's um, mm. we we have these small exercises that we send out to to applicants. One of which is a bit of a uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's it's free. I would love to do that. Of, <laughs> yes, uh, well, 
<laughs> well, yeah, one of which uh, entails writing a parser for an obscure uh, uh, binary level protocol uh, in uh, in Clojure, and it's uh, oh, cool. <laughs> totally but, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ray enjoyed the, <laughs> the exercise oh, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, Actually, I mean that. that proved to be quite useful it's proved to be quite useful in the end <laughs> yeah because because we deal a lot with yeah. like mixing these the the immutable first approach of uh, culture uh, with the completely mutable yeah. first ap approach of uh, of java quite a bit uh, and sometimes figuring out how to efficiently write uh, algorithms which uh, switch from uh, one world to the next isn't uh, that obvious. Uh, that's that's definitely something that uh, that people end up doing uh, at Exascale in some areas of the stack. Uh, no. So yeah, so there's this. Cool. So it's it's much more closer to the lower level programming. Uh, in for for some of the the projects, yes, uh, especially everything that deals with uh, okay. uh, the communications channels, uh, building the uh, non blocking. Uh, um, mm. Network servers. That's that's definitely something that uh, that we work a lot with. Um, and in terms of training, what we try to do is have for new newcomers have a, a project ready, like something that's gonna get them in a tunnel uh, where they they can incrementally uh, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, learn. Because we we tend to have a, a wide ranging array of technologies, so it also you know gives a bit of comfort to, to newcomers uh, um, and without uh, trying to drown them into uh, in too much information at the beginning. Um, <clears throat> but we also have yeah. now figured out a little bit what uh, our applications look like, you know, how we how we structure uh, our applications and demons. And, and, and so there's a, a whole uh, training period around that as well, uh, mm. ensuring that uh, Mm. Uh, you know, um, how do we build demons basically at Exascale uh, is part of that uh, training. Plan. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you have a significant amount of uh, closure code now. And one of the one of the complaints or one of the things that people talk about the dynamic languages is the maintainability. And then, you know, I, I remember when Zach was here, Zach Oaks uh, was on the podcast and then he said, you know, the hell is other people's closure code. <laughs> so it's very, uh, as long as you don't need to read other people's code, it's really nice. <laughs> So how do you how do you tackle this one? Because with with uh, any any tools that you well, it's use, it's funny because I, I don't tend to agree. Um, the, when when we did that exercise way back, like ten years ago, uh, between Scala and Clojure and Erlang, that's really what I mean. We read the output of uh, four people's uh, Scala code and we're like, I mean, you know, this is Perl and C++ all over again. Uh, <laughs> no, no one's gonna be able to read any any. Yeah. Yeah, any code produced not by uh, not by them, and for closure, it was pretty much yeah. uh, the same. That's still true today. That being said, um, spec has been a game changer for us. Uh, the first iteration of uh, mm. our object store uh, is open source. Uh, it's called Pythos, and the first iteration was pre-spec and pre-component, uh, and it's a mess. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, <laughs> It's we 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 learn. Yeah, it's it's the state of yes, the art at that time. We learned a lot uh, in terms of 
large-scale uh, production of CloudureCode while building it. I'm a bit ashamed that it's uh, open source because it's mostly me. Uh, but but uh, yeah, um, it helped uh, understand what we needed and that we were get we weren't getting from Clojure and and that uh, specification at the border of your uh, functional uh, uh, specification at the functional boundaries is something that we now rely extensively on. Uh, and and that gets us mm. much more uh, comfort uh, in what we're building, um, and and in terms of uh, long term maintainability. The, the other thing I like about uh, Closure, by the way, is that Spec has been in alpha for about a year, and you've been using it for more than that, and it's still in alpha, and yet it's kind of like everyone's relying on it in, in production systems. I think this is a really strange thing for many languages, I think. Yeah. This aspect of the, the ability to trust the stuff that's in the core library far more than you would trust something from from other languages, I think, especially JavaScript. But, you know, that, that's a that's a that's an easy shot, I think. But <laughs> even Java, I think some of the Java stuff at the beginning of, of, of some new things with generics and streams, they just seem a little bit janksy sometimes especially generics, but, you know, with Clojure, it always seems like it can be depended on pretty quickly. That, that's true. That's uh, that's one thing we like about the language is that you, you don't need to think too much about uh, trusting what comes from uh, from the team. And I mean, spec is, is one of these occurrences of... Uh, you know, when we saw, when I saw the announcement for spec, I was like, you know, but why would they write that thus, you know, prismatic schema already? Don't mm -hmm. wait. Why are you wasting your time on this? Yeah. And six months into it, we're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does bring something to the table mm -hmm. that we didn't. And uh, okay, I'll shut up next time. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it's. Um, <laughs> Are there any libraries that you want to talk about that you built? I know you have a async uh, Kafka library that you released, and uh, there are a couple of other libraries that um, you released as part of the uh, part of your uh, uh, company. Uh, I think there's work. one library that uh, uh, people should use more, uh, which is Unilog. Uh, it's like the simplest one I, I, I've written, uh, uh, and coincidentally, it's one of the mm -hmm. The most documented and uh, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> but but basically it wraps it wraps uh, lockback and gives you tools to configure lockback uh, from Clojure uh, and uh, when I started uh, with um, Clojure the the hardest th thing for me was figuring out how to log something. Uh, not coming from a Java background, I mean, the, you know, there's this. There was this whole thing about the log4j properties, and I had no clue what went in there. Uh, and any other language that you mm -hmm. use lets you set up logging, you know, simply with a, a few bits and pieces. And, and Clojure is really suited for this because you know you you expect to give a map of configuration, and then things work well. That's what Unilog gives you without breaking, you know, without isolating itself uh, in the closure world, uh, but interacting, you know, if you do have log4j, if you do have logback, or if there are any other parts of the libraries that you use that rely on log4j or logback, you know, they're, they're going to fall into the, the same thing. So I think Unilog is, is quite nice. Kaf uh, Kinski is a, a Kafka library, which I think now uh, is 
uh, one of the last libraries to support the uh, the, the more recent Kafka releases. Um, um, we're slowly working mm -hmm. towards uh, Kafka Streams support for, for people building, uh, uh, for interacting with the, the Kafka Streams ah, uh, cool. ecosystem. We, we tend to be uh, bad uh, bad actors of the, the library ecosystem because the, we, we work on these uh, libraries a lot internally and at some, at some point we, we dump code, but there's a whole, I mean, there's a whole, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of chaos underneath where we're like, you know, we're gonna get, we have to get this thing out to the market, and mm -hmm. so we we, uh, we write a, a yeah. few libraries, a few bits and pieces, and then you know when things things settle down, then uh, we we pretty things up. One thing that moved out of this is Net, uh, our small shim um, uh, interface interface to Netty, uh, uh, which is now mm -hmm. mostly. Uh, published in the in the open, uh, even as we go, um, it's right now. What it gives you is a, is really a good toolbox to work with uh, asynchronous networking, a bit lower than Aleph would, um, and and mm -hmm. and it did. Uh, it gives you no choice in terms of uh, um, what the uh, the semantics for for working with async are going to be? It's called async, and that's it. Whereas um, uh, Zach Telman built uh, manifold, which is uh, uh, like this awesome abstraction of uh, um, what you want to work with in the async world. It, it, it gives you this option, and and we wanted something that allowed us to be maybe a bit closer to to Netty to interact a little bit more with Netty. Uh, and to bet on core async, what we gain out of it is a bit of simplicity, uh, but it was held right. Looking back, I, I don't know if you would make that uh, same choice, but I mean, it, it, it must yeah. look pretty stupid on the outside. What we did gain from, from the exercises that we now understand Netty uh, quite a bit. Uh, yes, <laughs> which we didn't necessarily uh, at the beginning, you know, because uh, you, you might go into it thinking, you yeah, know, well, yeah. it's just async networking. It's uh, basically a, a small wrapper around the OS's select. Yeah, turns out it's a bit more complex. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a hell of a project, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's not that much code, <laughs> which is quite frustrating. You know, it's always the same with the the closure project. You're like, I wrote this awesome thing, and it's you know, I've been it's been like one year and a half. I'm so proud. And it's like two k lines of code. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there there is always a fine line, right? Because I was also dealing with some uh, Google AdWords API these days. Uh, that's like a SOAP uh, client generated by Google Access stuff. Uh, which is very interesting. I mean, Google provides SOAP API. You know, that's that's weird. But then I, I was I was interacting with it, and then I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to make an amazing closure wrapper around it. And then I started with, like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to use the Java interop and then get the thing done. And and you know, if you see see the amount of thinking I need to do to to make it closure like versus just using the Java interop, there, there is a significant gap. So I'm like, I'll just use the interop, which is quicker and clearer. And I don't need to worry about one more layer of closure on top of Java. So this this is like a dilemma well, sort of situation. The, I mean, 
for a team, the, the, the trade-off is a little bit different. Because for a team, when you write that, mm. uh, uh, how would I say, that uh, sm small wrapper around the, the, the Java, I mean, uh, we have an internal thing that wraps the, the uh, Apache Curator uh, Zookeeper library, for instance. And sure enough, like it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a small wrapper. But having that, uh, and having done that, you've also uh, uh, you've also shown to your colleagues, you know, this is the uh, the things that we know how to do with Zookeeper, and and we give you like a, a closure way of dealing with it. You don't have to deal with all the uh, how would I say the the reflection warnings and everything. That's you know, it's contained yeah, in yeah. there. Um, yeah. Well, I mean the, the 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 API itself is not a problem, but the the data structures that you need to uh, communicate to to the closure side uh, that that's where all the weird shit happens because you know you get this uh, if you're if you're interacting with SOAP API, you're getting all these Java yeah. objects uh, from it, and then now suddenly you need to convert everything into a map or or, or in a def type def record and then give that kind of shit back. That that makes it like super, you know, icky for me. I'm I'm not sure, you know. I, I haven't written like thousands of lines of code yet, but uh, for me, that is where the 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 not the confusion, but the design uh, dilemma comes from. Yeah, mm, and because closure, you're 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 dealing with maps, you're dealing with these kind of things. And 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 true enough, the 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 default approach of the the initial default approach of the closure community was, you know, well, I mean, just use interrupt. Uh, but yeah. But again, I think for teams uh, going through the effort of you know mm. providing a, something that you know gives you a sense of uh, that that looks like closure is is always a is already a, a good plus. Yeah. So um, I think we talked about lots of things. So um, I, I oh by the way, uh, I would like to thank you for supporting Dutch Closure Day and second time. Uh, Thanks a lot for your support. As you know, it's a free event, and uh, you know we are we are really dependent on the sponsors. And man, it's been growing, and this time we have a lot of sponsors, and 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 that that gives an indication that closure is picking up in Europe yeah. a lot, which is uh, which is a really nice uh, a nice thing actually. And quite comfort and, and quite comforting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we we needed a life for a little bit, and, and you are hiring. <laughs> So are you going to be there as well, exactly. Pierre? Yes, uh, I intend to come. Yeah. All right, okay. So I'll see you there then, because I will be over there also. Perfect. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. It would be amazing. Of course, I, I know you, you submitted a talk as well. We are now uh, sending all the talks to the selection committee, and then uh, hopefully uh, <laughs> you'll be able to speak about your exascale experience there as well. Um, and and you, I, I know you're hiring, so... Uh, are these positions in in Luzon or is are they remote? And I don't know. People who are listening to the podcast might be interested in uh, uh, applying uh, for for the jobs. We're really thinking about uh, restarting the the remote hiring uh, effort uh, right now. Uh, so we, in terms of mm -hmm. closure, we're hiring for both uh, you know positions that focus more on the uh, the orchestration layer. So mostly. Uh, mostly behind the scenes uh, distributed systems work, um, mm -hmm. uh, I would say. Um, yep. There's um, well, there's there's a lot of work in the storage uh, uh, subsystem, but there's also a lot of work on the uh, um, 
cloud controlling, so so basically interacting with a, a virtual machine hypervisor uh, agents. Um, uh, we there are a lot of things we want to to do there, and we're now um, we now built um, uh, a nice um, um, data layer and API gateway layer also, which uh, which give us a lot more flexibility. But uh, it's also it's also more work. <laughs> uh, so so we need the help uh, uh, yeah. here, and I think I'm hiring as as many as four people uh, for for these positions, and uh, yeah. but we're also trying to. As I was saying, we, we use Clojure Script for um, uh, quite a few internal uh, internal projects, uh, and and to support mm -hmm. the, the effort that I was describing to to help SaaS businesses, uh, you know, get uh, get to business faster. Uh, our front end is going to have to evolve, and it's now the the good time to invest in uh, uh, in the console. So here, there's like there's a really nice. Uh, Greenfield project uh, to tackle, like, which is, uh, and and uh, I'd like to start with uh, two additional people specifically working in uh, the in Clojure Script uh, to to build that effort. But we uh, we mm -hmm. obviously already have uh, uh, front end developers uh, uh, in house. Do you have yeah. um? Do you have like a preferred stack for the front end these days, Pierre or um, yes. are you still kind of working it out? No, okay. no, it's uh, we did a few experiments, uh, and uh, reframe came out on top, uh, mostly, mostly because mm -hmm. um, I, I the, this whole reduction of you know the reframe is uh, it seems like they took all the wisdom from home <laughs> and and yeah, yeah. and and framed yeah. it in something that's. Uh, where there's a little bit more attention to detail, um, there's a, there's more documentation, there's more support from the community. So, uh, yeah, seeing it, it seems like a, a good bet. We it was uh, rather easy to to build uh, mock projects with it, um, and and uh, yes, mm. and with the agent, I I, I love the dev cards uh, uh, approach, which. Which we need to, because we we have this nascent uh, uh, library of components that encode, you know, how we want the, the UX to be to ensure it's consistent across uh, uh, this rather large and complex application. So yes, it's, mm. it's an ecosystem that gives me, you know, comfort and 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 really seems like uh, it can support a a long time effort. Um, mm. So. I think we'll make that bet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good to hear. Yeah. So for the people who are listening, it's it's um, it's about closure script reframe and a lot of um, orchestration closure uh, yeah. work, and and you're you're hiring almost five. Yes, I think people? altogether, it's, uh, if you if you count uh, okay. front end and uh, and, and back end, that's uh, that comes around to yeah, say seven. Very nice. So I think you know people who are listening. I think they should just go and check out Exascale uh, jobs page, and then uh, you guys should apply because you know Pierre seems to be a very nice guy, and Ray worked with him, uh, and, um, and so that means and um, then, well, that doesn't mean anything. <coughs> We're still talking. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that doesn't mean anything, but you know, but he seems like a very nice guy, and then doing um, fantastic work in closure. So I think we should. You know? We should. We should. Uh, 
we should record an extra special, like, little sponsored thing at the front of this episode, you know, for, for Exoscale. <laughs> yeah. I'll do that offline, you know. Yes, or, or have a disclaimer yeah, about your conflicts of interest. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the first the first fully yeah, exactly. corrupt show that we've, uh, we've had. We should call this the Trump show or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there is there is no harm in uh, telling people that uh, there are um, you know uh, opportunities available. So that that's a nice thing. Um, of course, you know um, uh, a couple of uh, other things that the DCD thing coming up, and what else we want to uh, plug in this week. Pretty much that's it, I think. Uh, oh, of course, uh, Ray is doing another show because he's becoming slowly the Rupert Murdoch <laughs> of uh, Closure Media. <laughs> so um, he's doing um, apropos. Uh, cast, uh, I think. Yeah. Uh, some some random crap that uh, people shouldn't worry about. Anyway, I, I don't want to raise that show on this show. Shall, so. shall I give it a little? Uh, what what is apropos, Ray? Destroy it. Exactly. Sure. Go yeah, ahead. So the, so the idea is that uh, <laughs> this show is. I think I really enjoy this show. Doing this show because we get to speak to lots of different people, um, and I think it's really good for the community to hear the people's. Um, journey to closure and all the voices of and the and the and the great people in the closure ecosystem, but sometimes people just want to talk about code. You know, sometimes people just want to see some code and talk about code. So what we're doing with apropos is actually just talking about a little bit of like bits and pieces that are in the zeitgeist of closure. Um, and there's four people. It's the same four people every week, every two weeks, or whatever. Um, and we speak for about half an hour about the zeitgeisty type things, like it's closure script main at the moment, which is you know really fantastic uh, innovation in the closure script community. Um, and one of the core closure script uh, contributors is actually on the panel, Mike Fikes. Uh, he's a really great guy. Um, and what we then do uh, at the end for, after the half an hour discussion, we then spend half an hour um, like live coding in a REPL and we share the REPL and it's all broadcast live. And, and that gives rise. We just do simple exercises or simple code examples, but it gives rise to all kinds of discussions about the various ways in which you could implement this function or, you know, how can you count those numbers? Is it a functional style? Are you doing things stateful? How do you kind of evolve these these little functions? And we've only done two so far, but they've been great fun, and I think they've had a lot of good feedback. So, yeah, that was more than a minute, I think. But yeah. okay. I mean, I, I would, I would, I, I would love to endorse the show, but I haven't been paid, so no, fuck it. So um, that sounds like a decent show, I think. Um, I, I didn't spend two hours yet on that one; only one hour so far. So it's really fun. It's really, uh, I know, it's it's really nice to see the code. Uh, you know, rappel on the screen and then people trying different things and uh, it's very, very educational. Anyway, um, so, of course, you know, um, I think if there are no other topics that we want to discuss, maybe we can roll the credits. Pierre, anything else to um, discuss? Um, not on the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. No worries. That's really good. It's been a then fantastic conversation. Then you need to hold your, hold your uh, silence until the it's next been, show. It's been really good. You know, I think yeah. um, the kind of stuff that you're that you're doing in Exoscale, like is like VJ says, betting your business um, on closure is is quite amazing. I think um, for people listening out there, and it gives people confidence that they can do it also. Um, you know, there are people that that really believe in the language this strongly. Um, and I think the 
the, the community sometimes needs to hear those things that, you know, that there is a big set of beliefs out there and, and you can do very big projects, not just kind of one-liners at the REPL. Yeah, that's for sure. Or, or you know, things on things on the side. As I mm. I hear a lot of people saying, you know, in, in, in their microservice architecture, they have this one thing uh, that's mm. in closure, but it's more of an oddity, really, because, yeah. uh, um, yeah. yes. Or, or, I mean, yeah, the one thing we, or maybe yes, if there's one thing I'd like to mention is that another good example of this in the open source uh, um, world is Riemann, which I, I I also help maintain a little bit, even though I'm uh, mm. I'm a bit more um, I'm a bit less active on that front uh, lately, but it's found mm. its way uh, in, inside huge companies. Uh, mm. Uh, I work with, I mean, I worked with uh, huge telcos or huge uh, uh, providers of technologies for for telcos, uh, a, a Swedish a Swedish one, not to name it, uh, who, who uh, <laughs> relies extensively on uh, on Riemann uh, and and the the, the, the places mm. where you would see that pop up, you, you'd never think uh, it would end up there, but still, I mean. It has its faults. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a tool for monitoring that made the choice to have uh, Lisp uh, as its configuration language. So uh, let's say that most of the time in these large companies, uh, the guy that or the person uh, that introduced uh, uh, Riemann isn't the most loved person in the company. Sometimes uh, <laughs> he or she doesn't have any friend anymore. Uh, <laughs> This is not a good sell, by the way. <laughs> but, but, but if it's still... It's Go still... turn this around somehow, you know. <laughs> you've, you've set yourself a high degree of difficulty here. You're going into the diving board. <laughs> right, how are you going to turn it around? <laughs> but still, it's still there. Uh, it's because it's, okay. it's fulfilling a function that uh, that's really hard to fulfill uh, in these companies. And I think still, I mean, the, now there are various tools that, uh, uh, that are catching up uh, in that system. But, uh, you know... Uh, and, and, and Riemann is uh, started in I think 2012 or, or 2011. Uh, mm. You know there, there there have been tools mm. written in Clojure that really made an impact. Uh, and so yes, uh, people shouldn't shy away from uh, uh, from the language, even for things that don't yeah. seem to naturally fit in uh, its uh, its current niche. Okay, so. Um, of course, it's been a fantastic uh, discussion. Thanks a lot for Pierre taking the time and um, and uh, you know spending the time with us and explaining all the things. And again, one more time, a big thank you for supporting Dutch Closure Day. Um, you know, uh, as an organizer, I mean, it's 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 a bit of a tough thing to organize a free conference, but uh, you know, it's amazing to get your peer support. Thank you like for putting on the show because uh, not not in the tech world, but in uh, another world, I uh, I've put on uh, shows and. Uh, it's it's not a fun job. Uh, it's <laughs> so, and uh, well, it it is mostly I mean, fun um, for for the speakers or the attendees. It's uh, it's nice because you get to see everyone to you know to, to have to have a beer or two and, uh, and and to enjoy time with the people who yeah. share similar interests. So uh, yeah, and, and it makes a huge impact yeah. on, on everyone. So yeah. really happy to participate. Yeah. And thanks. And and of course, I mean, I, I hope um, I hope. Uh, People will apply uh, at, at Exascale, and then your team will grow, and then you'll make more and more closure in in Switzerland. 
And um, by the way, I, I would love to do your assignment. So <laughs> maybe not this week. Probably I'll, I'll get yeah. in touch with you because uh, I'm, I'm really curious now. <laughs> I, I, I'm not particularly looking for a job. So, you know, I can be very defensive about it. So I can just fail it spectacularly. <laughs> then, I can, then I can wing it off like, no, 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 I'm actually not looking for a job. <laughs> Things got busy. <laughs> But I, yeah, exactly. But I still love to try that one. You know, it sounds really exciting. Uh, the the kind of closure that you're writing, it's it's a bit off the off the beaten path, I would say. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. I think that's it. That's it from us. Uh, a big thank you uh, one more time, and um, um, of course uh, a big shout out to all the people who are supporting us on Patreon. Uh, we were lucky to meet some of them at mm. Closure D. We had a lot of fun there. Um, I gave a talk that uh, most of the people didn't walk out and. Um, Ray entertained people with uh, singing and all that stuff. So we had a super fun at Closure D. Um, and uh, again, um, uh, thank you for supporting us on Patreon. And um, we are uh, hopefully bringing some good entertainment and good infotainment to, to, your, uh, to your ears. And uh, check out Apropos Cast as well, because, you know, yeah, Ray is trying to plug that show in this show. So please check that out and have fun there. <laughs> Uh, and then go and dislike it and then like this show. So I didn't mention it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just doing my, my part. I you know, like it. bad no, marketing for your show. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much. Anyway, uh, that's it. That's it from us. Uh, episode number 33 with uh, Pierre Eve Richard. Did a good job. Then. From Exascale. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll see you. Yeah. Thanks, Thank you. Bye. So before we start, I'm going to tell you my joke, okay? Because that's... <laughs> yes, please. You have to be tortured first. Okay, um, now then. <laughs> Ruin the show. Oh, Christ. Okay. Um, there's a rumor going around, you know, that um, all of the bots that are harshing on the Haskell type system are written in Clojure. Uh, but there's no proof. Ah. All right. <laughs> 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 <laughs>